They actually seem to believe that we don't know what they're doing and what their game plan is, but we do. And we're pissed because it's been our work, it's been our treasure, our blood that's done everything positive America has ever done. It's been its citizens. It hasn't been a bunch of elitist thugs who are parasites on the very system they seek to destroy. They call us deplorables, insurrectionists, domestic terrorists, even as they allow deadly drugs and countless numbers of people wanting to destroy us across our borders, even as they push vaccines that kill our children and imprison real American patriots and commit treason many times over. While we Americans are unlike any people tyrants have faced before, we know our rights, we demand our freedom and liberty, and we demand the servants of the people learn their place. Welcome, Patriots, to episode 194. I'm excited to be with you today because I have Mr. Scott Shera joining me, who hasn't been on the show for quite a while, and uh, he's been so busy, he and his family, working on this legal case in regards to their daughter, Grace, who was the, the subject matter, the foundation of the subject matter for the documentary Breaking the Oath, which I advertise here all the time and talk about. Uh, so he'll join us. He'll talk. He has a lot of updates, as I said, and the, the legal case as that progresses, and he has more information. So stay tuned for that, for sure, because you don't want to miss that. And we're going to have a great show. We're going to spend the majority of our time on that. But first, we're going to hit a few of the news headlines here. So it looks like a new front is threatening to open in the war in, uh, in and around Israel. The, uh, the terrorists now attacking from Lebanon with missiles. And uh, this thing just keeps getting worse and worse. I'm going to just read you a little bit of this, especially if you can't see it on your screen. Uh, so attacks by Lebanon, Hezbollah group Sunday wounded seven Israeli troops and 10 other people. Uh, Israel's ministry and rescue services said the clashes came as skirmishes between the Iran-backed group Remember the Iran-backed group that we gave $6 billion to, thanks to Biden? Uh, the Iran-backed group and Israeli military continue to intensify along the Lebanon-Israel border, threatening to escalate into another front in the Mideast's latest war. The Israeli military said in a statement that seven IDF soldiers were lightly injured as a result of mortar shell launches in the area of Manara in northern Israel earlier today. So that continues, and there's a lot going on on the military stage around the world. And, of course, one of our biggest concerns is China. And this headline, Biden wants to wants uh, the U.S. to open military ties with China. Really, that should be wants China to reestablish or agree to uh, 
a, re, a revision of the links that uh, we had. So President Joe Biden will be asking Chinese President Xi Jinping on Wednesday to restore military-to-military -military contacts that were severed last year, White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said Sunday. In June, China rebuffed Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's request to resume those contacts, although Blinken said he repeatedly asked China to do so, according to CNBC. China formally severed regular armed forces contacts in August 2022, after then-House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan. According to the Associated Press, the visit was seen as giving official sanction to the existence of self-governing Taiwan, which China claims is actually part of its country, always has. And of course, you know, if you've been following the news and you follow the show regularly, you know that uh, Taiwan is a target of China. And uh, many of us think that that is going to happen soon, that China is going to try to take Taiwan, given the, the weak so-called leader that we have in the White House. That uh, timing looks more obvious and evident than and urgent than uh, previously would have never happened under trump ukraine wouldn't have happened under trump there's um i'd have a guest i think to i'm bringing a guest down to talk about that specifically um so sullivan said getting china to say yes to the contract tax has been a priority for president biden of course president biden is bought and paid for by the chinese we know that so basically he would have to beg and um I don't see that happening. So if you if you disagree, um, just shoot me a comment. Comment on uh, the social media link here, or uh, comment via email at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com, and we can bring that up. Uh, U.S. sends dire warning as Chinese Coast Guard encircles Allied ships. So this this um, I mean this should tell you everything you need to know, right? This is uh, this is the disposition they have towards America these days. So as a U.S. Navy surveillance plane kept a close watch, dozens of Chinese Coast Guard and accompanying ships chased and encircled Philippine vessels in the latest confrontation, one of the most dangerous flashpoints in the South China Sea. At the height of Friday's four-hour face-off, a Chinese Coast Guard ship blasted a water cannon toward a Philippine motorboat, delivering food and other supplies to Filipino forces on a marooned, rusting warship that serves as the country's fragile outpost at Second Thomas Shoal. China has steadfastly stood by its claim to virtually the entire strategic waterway, clashing with its smaller neighbors and drawing in the U.S., Manila's treaty ally, uh, and China's main rival in the Asia-Pacific region. So things are heating up, and we find ourselves... We find ourselves with having no real leader. So that's what's happening with China. Um, of course, uh, North Korea rattling sabers, making noises at the same time. Um, and just keeps getting worse with uh, Israel and with this and with, uh, with Ukraine. It seems as if we are doomed to get in a lot of trouble here. And it seems as if World War III will get started. Worst case scenario, before Trump comes into office, uh, I would suspect that um, the Taiwan invasion will happen for sure before that. Uh, it 
taking advantage of the time. I hope not. hope I'm wrong. But uh, that's my gut feel. Meanwhile, you have people like Joy Behar, who I, as you can tell, don't really care for. Uh, nobody will ever accuse Joy Behar and other co-hosts of The View for presenting rational leftist viewpoints. Do these even exist? On a chatty ABC network talk show that has has been on the air far, far too long. So, be, but even given that remarkably low bar, the latest clip from the show is something else, reaching depraved and new lows, bombastic fear-mongering and hysteria. So let me go to this full article here, and I'll play you the, the clip. So yesterday, Donald Trump sat down for an interview that aired yesterday on Univision, where he laid out his agenda if he's elected president again. And it's, it seems like the first item on his list, after he gets out of prison, <laughs> is revenge. Watch. You say they weaponized the Justice yeah. Department, they weaponized the FBI. Would you do the same if you're reelected? If they do this, they've already done it. But if they want to follow through on this, uh, yeah, it could certainly happen in reverse. It could certainly happen in reverse. What they've done is they've released the genie out of the box. If I happen to be president and I see somebody who's doing well and beating me very badly, I say, go down and indict them. Mostly, that would be you know, they would be out of business. They'd be out. They'd be out of the election. I thought the genie was in a bottle. When did it get in a box? <laughs> He's losing it. He's losing it. So are voters still going to respond to his constant whining about being a victim? I don't know, but you know? if he's doing, uh, if he's weaponizing government against his uh, opponents, boy, are we in trouble. Well, it's like, it's like Nixon's enemies list, you well, know, in those days, he had a whole list of people that he was going to go after, and then, of course, Doesn't he it feel like history repeating itself? I mean, I just read a book about how history is, is cyclical, and, you know, every century or so. Ugh, that's enough of that. Um, notice how she didn't mention Obama's uh, list, nor did she mention that Obama called us enemies. Um... And notice that she says that Trump is is whining and crying about uh, what's happening to him. Well, gee, let's let's think about this. They only want to put him in jail for a thousand years, you idiot. I mean, um, <laughs> whining. I don't think whining about uh, having your constitutional rights is whining, or having your rights taken away from you is is whining. Um, I don't think that uh, campaign interference and trying to put gag orders on him and rebuffing that is whining either. In so many ways, Joy Behar just continues to amaze me at how stupid she is. And that continues. So, meanwhile, Trump, of course, goes on the offensive. It's the last laugh at his haters through their weaponized G DOJ. So this is the other side of the coin. So President Trump is saying that, you know, uh, hey, Democrats, just like we did, you remember when Obama was president and, and we were talking about all of the executive orders and we were saying that, hey, you start going down this slippery slope, well, both sides are going to do it. And that's what we need to get a handle on. I, I don't think revenge is the right word here. I think Trump is seeking justice and I encourage him to do that. But the difference between them and us is we will do it within the true scope of the law. And... Uh, that is at least my my feeling on it, my gut feeling on it. And um, none of us, the difference between us and them is that none of us want to violate the law to seek revenge. We just demand justice and equal justice under a system that's supposed to be blind. 
and uh, that is of critical importance to all of us. We'll be right back after this message. After we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I um, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, even though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there. And um, while we were in the room, we Jessica and I had to spend a few moments just with Grace alone. And it was it was just a horrific. Um, sight to come upon was the fact that her daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our uh, minds and just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We, uh, we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone and as soon as we did that the color of grace changed and um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. Not one person stepped foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision. That they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. We don't just need food, we need to eat food with a high nutritional value. Who wants to just survive food shortages? Let's thrive in times of adversity and lack. Optimize your daily nutrition and ensure you and your family have our two-year shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your emergency food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now. All right, if you want to get your hands on some Kingdom Fuel, you can do so at Sherwood.tv slash TPR. That's Sherwood.tv slash TPR. The documentary, Breaking the Oath, if you haven't seen that yet, you can see it for free at redbloodedpatriots.com or americafirstproductions.com. It's number one ST, so americafirstproductions.com. And the main man, my buddy Scott Shera, who is in the Zoom room, joins me now. Scott, it's been a little while. Uh, thank you for taking the time out to join me again on the Patriot Review. I really do appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you, Jeff. You were one of the very first ones who believed our story when we started telling it. So you're, you have a place in my heart always. Likewise. I mean, we've, we've, 
we've put out some material for people to to you know look at and judge for themselves but i think the evidence speaks for themselves for itself and uh you've got quite a bit to share here this morning you had your family is the you really had the original um you know legal challenge that um kind of kicked off this whole thing and now there's been other challenges that have brought up about, from i think from people having the courage because of le you leading by example and um so God bless you for doing that. It is, I'm sure, a never-ending and energy-draining process the way our legal system is. But um, uh, yeah, I want you just to feel free to take control and uh, share with us what's happening. So I, I have up on screen, I can share it via Zoom if you want me to do that, or I can just share it as you go uh, on the screen here. You have the, so you have the, um legal brief that our team wrote correct that's what you have up on the screen that is what i will get up on the screen because I, I do want to cover a few things in that brief so people can have a perspective as to what we accomplished and you know you started with that we we uh, have been leading the way and you know the reality is god is leading the way and the reason i say that is obviously you know he's leading the way regardless right. but we we um it's a miracle to just have a case. And it's a miracle because this is an antichrist legal system that prevents a person from even filing a case. And they do this in a whole bunch of different ways, but I'll just talk about two right now, just to introduce the concept of a legal case. You know, once once we filed, people were contacting me all from all over the country. Who's your attorney? We want to file a case. And you know, you had mentioned that I bet it's exhausting. It is exhausting. And, you know, so I would not tell people that that should be the route that you go unless God opens up the door because it, it's intense. It's expensive. It's intense. And you really have to know what's going on. And you have to have a case that can win because everything is set up against it. So two things in that I, I to give you some reference points. Number one is the state statutory protection uh, that puts a bubble around doctors. And they do this by making anything a doctor does as medical malpractice. And then they require by state statute for the doctor to have medical malpractice insurance. So not only does he have a state statutory limit of how much you can sue for, but then he's got insurance coverage by state statute. All right, so those that just starts the game. Well, then as you start investigating to what it takes to file and what it takes to win, you find out very quickly that statistically medical malpractice cases only rule in favor of the plaintiff in 10 to 15% of the time. And the out-of-pocket cost, the out-of-pocket cost is a minimum. The entry fee minimum is $250,000 in legal fees and experts. And the maximum you can win is $750,000. And the attorneys, by state statute, the max they can take is one-third. So do the math. If right. the out-of-pocket cost entry is two fifty, dollars and the maximum the attorney can take is one-third, that means the best-case scenario is they get reimbursed their cost. And if you only have a one in 10 chance of winning, you can see, you know, people are thinking that these are like ambulance chasing cases, like a car accident. It's not like that at all. 
It's completely right. different. And then right. furthermore, which is is what, uh, what why I want to go through our legal brief, Jeff, is what they've done is they've taken something that we have as a natural right, which we have a natural right to life. And if you read our state constitution, it's right in, it's in the opening uh, articles that we have a natural right to life. But what they've done, and this is why I call it an antichrist system, is they have legislated away our rights. So for example, in God's law, we have a right to inform consent. And so where you find that is treat your neighbor as yourself. All right, so if you and I are doctors, we would want our patients, our neighbors, to be fully informed so that they can make an intelligent decision about their care, right? All right. So we don't need a law to lay that out, but that's what they did in state statute. In, in Wisconsin statute, it's going to be in all states, but you know, I know this so well, Jeff, because this is what you've got. To, you've got to be involved with your case, and it's statute 448.30, and people can check this out. You read it, and what they've done in the statute is define informed consent, so they lay out a number of bullet points that define informed consent, and they're logical, but we don't need them. But so now you think, well, okay, well, what's wrong with that? Well, what happens is now there's lawsuits over each one of these parts of what is informed consent, what's not informed consent. But really where they, what they did to give the doctors protection is they implemented 448.40, which is the implementation piece of the statute. And you'll see very quickly, it has no teeth. And I say that because if there's a complaint against the doctor, the protocol to file the complaint is with the Department of Safety and Professional Services, which is supposed to be the regulatory agent that protects you and I, Jeff, but it protects the doctors because they turn the complaint over to a medical examining board made up of 10 doctors and, and three lay people. So this, this is the equivalent of the police officer giving his buddy police officer a speeding ticket. Right. It's never right. going to happen. Right. But that's what we're, that's just the starting game. You know, so you can see it, it's uh, it it is a real uphill battle, and and what's been accomplished with our case is not just filing is a miracle, but then on July fourteenth we had the first hearing for a motion to dismiss. The judge did not accept that motion to dismiss, and instead set a three-week jury trial. So we got another miracle. And that three-week jury trial begins November 4th of 2024, the day before the presidential election. And I believe, I, mean, I don't know what God's will is here, Jeff, but it just seems the timing is so interesting that, you know, in Wisconsin is a swing state. All the presidential candidates are going to have to be here. And I believe they're going to have to deal with my daughter Grace's murder. And so it could become, you know, mm. we're hopeful it becomes a national issue because it needs to be a national issue in order to save lives, which is our goal. That's right. Uh, that, that's right. So I've, I've got the, uh, I've got the legal document up there, but. All right. Well, let's, let's but, go ahead, Jeff. Okay. You have ahead. some questions first. That's great. No, I don't really have any questions. I just, you know, I, I, it's, um, it's not surprising, but disheartening to, you know, we've over-regulated ourselves into, into, uh, destroying any semblance of common sense whatsoever and you know we as citizens are in this cesspool of of uh, legal mumbo jumbo basically that just takes the uh, possibility for justice and kind of makes a mock mockery of it so that's um you know that's i think you put it very eloquently and explained it very well 
Well, it uh, does make like, a mockery of it. And how they pulled this off is maybe more important than anything. And they pulled this off by selling us some huge whoppers of lies. And, you know, so we end up, you know, in the medical murder lane that I'm in, the, the two major lies are that the uh, medical profession is following the Hippocratic Oath. Uh, that's a lie. That's a big lie. And it's been that's sold for so long that all of a sudden you get into a hospital setting and you just naturally trust these individuals and think, well, they're, they have my daughter's best interest at heart. Well, they don't. Uh, a doctor who heard me on a podcast, Jeff, uh, last July, he wrote me and said, Scott, just so you know, we haven't taken the Hippocratic Oath in over 30 years. So, you know, and so that's that's the programming that the population has bought into. And then the programming from the other side, what is the medical profession bought into? I mean, it's actually worse programming than the population. So, you know, they bought into vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate. You know, they don't they don't read the literature and you know, so they don't even experiment. What what I mean by experiment is to dig for other ways that would help people. You know, with COVID, for example, COVID exposed this, of course. We had doctors and nurses following uh, emergency use authorization protocols promoted by the NIH to deliver remdesivir and ventilators. Well, right. just process it. If Jeff, if you and I are doctors and every single patient that comes in inside of the first month dies, aren't you going to experiment and start looking at other well, even ways? It's even more nefarious than that because they knew of the alternative ways. They knew of ivermectin as an example for a 65-year-old safe drug, the Nobel Prize-winning drug. Correct. And so it's even it's even darker than that. It's it's um it's also I think more nefarious on the well we just don't have the resources for the, this group of people or that group of people. And since when in America don't we have the resources to treat people right? You know, well, that's just, another right that's another lie and that is part yeah. of how the medical profession has been um programmed so you know i'll just go on that derivative of the lie here for a minute right now we have 135 million americans on medicare and medicaid and the big lie that they've sold is the spirit of collectivism and that spirit of collectivism was weaved into Obamacare and Ezekiel Emanuel all the way back in 1996 said that non-contributing members of society don't deserve medical care. Well, non-contributing members of society are those on Medicare and Medicaid. Those 135 million people account for 50% of the annual federal budget. It's $3 trillion a year. So they lie and say, well, we've got to do something with the budget. Well, these guys don't care about the budget, right? We have a no. fiat currency. They've never cared about the budget. We can send an unlimited money train to to Ukraine. I mean, are you insane? But we can't right. help our own people. It's ridiculous. So, you know, it, you the so the biggest lie, of course, it, it, is the American dream. The government has lied to us about the American dream. But in the medical profession, uh, an example I'd give you is uh, two months ago, we went to the um, Shawano County Fair. And we did this in honor of Grace. Grace used to like going to the demolition derbies and things like that. So we went to the demolition derby. And as God would have it, Jeff, Grace's original pediatrician, when she was the first couple of years of life, sat behind Cindy and I in the stands. And so we started chatting with him. And he didn't know Grace died in spite of seeing our billboards. You'd think of he's a doctor, right? 
he's a family practitioner now, but you'd think is as you see these billboards and we're calling out the hospital, wouldn't it just your own inquisitiveness cause you to look, right? But so he didn't know, so he didn't know. So we tell him, yeah, Grace, that's Grace on those billboards. And so then he said, well, when did Grace die? And we said, October of 2021. And he said, Jeff, wasn't there an antiviral available then? Something like uh, Remdesa something? And I could hardly <laughs> believe it. I said to him, how awake are you relative to what happened with COVID? And he said, well, I get my information from three of the nurses at the local hospital. I thought, oh, my gosh, this is the blind leading the blind. You know, so these yes, guys are programmed, right? Just follow the orders, follow the protocols. And, you know, as, as you look at our lawsuit, you see that's one reason we not just filed against Ascension Hospital System, but we filed against five doctors and two nurses. Why? Yeah, let's go, let's go through this. I, I've got you going down some rabbit holes, and it's all, <laughs> it's all great stuff, but it's... I mean, we could spend a whole day talking about this because <laughs> yeah, right. people just people just you know they want to believe that they want to believe in good you know yes. and that can be a real detriment to to people because they're not seeing reality. So you've got the case. I've got the document up. Right. I can scroll. So scroll let's, to whatever let's, you want. Uh, yeah. So go to the bottom of on the very top, Jeff. You'll see there's uh, uh, stamped from the court system, the page numbers. So go to the yep. bottom of page six of 21, and I'm going to read uh, the highlighted uh, couple of sentences that spill over to the top of page seven. So uh, All right. and the reason I'm reading this is because our legal team set the stage as to the rule of law. And this is important because we found, especially with COVID, I mean, it's been going on for a long time, but in the old school, which I'm from, liberals and conservatives always had differences of opinion. It was just a different way to skin the cat. But everybody operated under the rule of law. Well, that's been thrown out the window. So what our legal team did first was to remind the judge there is a rule of law that operates in civil cases. And that's what's here. So I'm going to read it. In analyzing motions, the court should accept all allegations in plaintiff's amended complaint as true, that complaint is only insufficient if it appears to be a certainty that no relief can be granted under any set of facts which plaintiff could prove. So that's the legal standard the judge has to look at when he analyzes motions to dismiss and our brief in opposition. So how this all came about is on July 28th, we filed an amended complaint. And in that amended complaint, because our legal system has put uh, the battery of lack of informed consent underneath medical malpractice in that amended complaint, we broke out a common law battery for medical murder. All right. So that's what we did mm -hmm. in the amended complaint. Well, that created a firestorm of briefs uh, to motions to dismiss. And then what I'm reading from is our brief in opposition. So the legal teams for the defense filed two motions to dismiss in August. We filed this brief in opposition on October 23rd. And then the judge heard the motion and brief on October 30th. And he let the entire case proceed to trial. So that's how big this victory is. So first they laid out what is, you know, judge you, this is the rule of law. So we laid, you know, they laid it on the line, which was, I think is right on. All right, so let's go then, Jeff, to page eight of 21. <coughs> it's, I, I posted this document, Jeff, on Grace's website, ouramazinggrace.net, because people, plaintiffs and plaintiff's attorneys should already be using this language. 
because we've shown how to pierce the medical malpractice veil with this language. So first, you know, step one, set up what the rule of law is. Step two, differentiate between lack of informed consent, which is a battery, and intentional medical battery, which is also a common law defense, all right? So we set up between the statutory informed consent battery and the common law battery. That's the difference here. And it's really important because we can't let this medical malpractice be the rule. Medical malpractice means it was a mistake, okay? And right. so then if it's a mistake, you're just awarded these damages because the doctor screwed up. You know, he he used the wrong scalpel or whatever. I mean, there, there's legitimate screw-ups, but this is not a legitimate screw-up. They killed Grace. All right, so this next paragraph, Jeff, lays out the difference between uh, an intentional tort for lack of informed consent and an intentional tort for a common law battery. So it's all in one paragraph. Imagine a physician. So this I'm at the bottom of page eight of 21. Imagine a physician who fails to inform a patient about the risks of a leg amputation, but the patient does agree to have his leg amputated. This violates the duty to obtain informed consent under state statute. All right, this is what I talked about earlier, where the doctor doesn't tell the whole truth so he doesn't give you all the information so you can make an intelligent decision. So that violates his duty of informed consent, which is a battery, but not, unfortunately, the, the states have put that battery underneath medical malpractice. Now imagine a physician who amputates a patient's leg without obtaining consent or even telling the patient or the patient's family what he is doing. And in this case, removing the patient's power of attorney and parent from the hospital first. That was me. That yes, is a battery. That was you. That was you. Yep, that was me. And so, that's, you know, that, that does, does, a D, does, does the unauthorized DNR fall into this? It does. Right here? Right, it yeah. does. Because what, what they're doing is laying out the fact that if a doctor doesn't tell you anything, okay, they just do, which is, that's the typical hospital setting, right? You're in there and you just submit to their authority and you, they just do whatever. And sometimes they tell you what they did and sometimes they didn't. But if they don't tell you anything, that's a common law battery. And that's what we're differentiating in this paragraph. So this is huge. I don't want to... It is huge. I wonder if that could be used for the uh, vaccine damage yeah, it, as well. It can, uh, because the if you remember, Dr. Moon was the one at Ron Johnson's hearing who pulled mm -hmm. out the package insert for the jab, right? Right. and it's blank. Right. Okay, So that means it wasn't lack of informed consent, because informed consent would be they had something on there, but they didn't tell all the consequences. So this that is a common law battery also. So this language can be used for those cases. Absolutely. Excellent. All right. So then I want to go to page 12 of 21. And this is the last par paragraphs I want to read. And this is really important because what the team did was lay out an offensive argument. So not a defensive argument, but an offensive argument that this this language should also be incorporated with other lawsuits. All right, so I am quoting again, defendants want this court to rule that a patient with Down syndrome can be intentionally restrained, intentionally deprived of advocacy, and intentionally administered deadly sedatives, all without consent, and these actions are simple medical negligence. <laughs> so assuming battery, 
under medical malpractice in such a way would make hospitals walled gardens where any intentional misconduct would be treated as simple negligence. Indeed, defendants envision a world where there is no common law claim for the failure of a healthcare provider to obtain consent that falls outside of the medical malpractice statutes. In this world, an unethical or financially motivated physician may administer deadly drugs without consent for malign purposes, including making room for new patients. That happened in Grace's case, Jeff. The physician's liability would be limited under the medical malpractice statute, and even that liability would be subject to insurance coverage, which is what I referenced earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the profit mill, which was which is what it was all about. And and then the one thing I'd like to hit on is the the uh, Down syndrome issue and the disproportionate number of uh, folks who have disabilities or handicaps of any type uh, being treated differently. And the the discrepancy or the I guess the difference in you know uh, the deaths of those groups. Yeah, well, when I uh, first realized that Grace was murdered, this was in April of 22, it took me about 500 hours of research to come to grips with. She wasn't, it wasn't an accident first, and then, okay, she was killed. Well, then she was murdered. And that led me down the rabbit hole of what's going on here. And that's when I saw genocide. And my research at that time was in uh, the summer of 22. That's when I uh, met Vera Sherov and her and I started speaking mm -hmm. together. And I found at that time, the statistics showed, and we have an investigator looking at these statistics now because COVID is officially over, right? So we want to see what are the real numbers. But back then, the numbers showed that if you were disabled, you had a six time more likely death if you went into a hospital with COVID. Uh, which doesn't surprise me because when I looked at the numbers then, uh, the average bonus payout to hospitals was 100 grand. The average cost to keep somebody um, that is disabled on Medicaid it, it is uh, $35,000 a year. So if the government paid a hospital 100 grand to, to knock somebody off, they had a three-year payback on their money. So that was the lie that was sold. I mean, that's shocking when I tell it that way, but that is the fact. Mm. Uh, so it doesn't make any sense. You know, in Grace's case, you know, how I started going on, on that rabbit hole, Jeff, is I God's got me up three times early during this whole case. And it, the first time he got me up early, it was to review the records again. So I'd already gone through the records, realized Grace was murdered. And then I was looking specifically for Down syndrome. And so people understand the idea is that Grace was in the hospital seven days. Uh, every time a doctor enters the room, he has to write a report for what he did for that, uh, that visit. So there were 22 doctor's reports written for the seven days Grace was in the hospital. They referenced the fact that Grace had Down syndrome 36 times. That would be wow. the equivalent of... If I'm in the hospital bed, 22 visits, and they say he has gray hair 36 different times, yeah, right? right? There's no reason to reference it more than one time, right? right. They didn't well, change yeah. anything yes. because Grace had Down syndrome other than to kill her. Uh, interestingly, Jeff, I'm going to bring this up on my screen because the judge said something quite uh, unique at the hearing. 
Uh, so I'm just going to pull it up real quick. It's really, it was awesome. And we're going to end up getting the transcript. But what I did, I was obviously there and I I was logging notes. And what he said is, um, quote, the case should be heard to determine whether wrongful discriminatory intent is behind Grace's death. So that was was pretty neat Hmm. to hear something like that. Now, does that does that open the uh, potential penalty to you know a greater degree, a greater amount, um, or that be a separate case? Yeah, that's a, that's a really a fantastic question. No one's asked me that yet, uh, and it's when I tell you the answer, you're going to be shocked because everybody thinks we have the Americans with Disabilities Act, right? Which we do, uh-huh. but that's that's uh, another lie that's been sold to us the americans with disabilities act only applies to the living we thought we had a disability claim at the beginning so one of the the attorneys on the team uh researched that and found out that once a person's dead all claims expire so the fact that grace was strapped down to the bed illegally all these things all those claims expire but when it comes to the jury now that we have a medical battery claim jeff not only we pierce the veil but there's two real tangible things that came out of this brief going to trial. Uh, number one is that the statute of limitations has uh, doubled in most instances. Uh, most states have a statute of limitations, which is another bubble around the doctors of one to three years. Uh, when there's a battery, it's four to six years typically. So that's a big deal. And then we also at trial, uh, the judge said we will, there will, assuming that we win the case, there will be punitive damages. So the jury will then take, there's no limit then. The jury will take into account all the factors that we bring up at trial, including Grace's d- disability and the disability violations. So even though we can't have a disability rights claim by definition, uh, the jury will hear all the rights that were violated in Grace's case. Gotcha. That's awesome. So, 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 so yeah, by me. the way, if you're, if you end up on the jury, you're going to have to wear a mask or something because they're, <laughs> I'm not wearing a mask. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't mean uh, that type of mask because they're going to recognize. Oh yeah. Cause they know who I am. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'll just wear a, a Rodney Dangerfield, my favorite joke, you know, I tell you, I don't get any respect. My kids, I bought my kids a, a, a gun for Christmas and they bought me a sweater with a target on it. <laughs> oh my gosh i haven't heard that one before i'd be that guy with a target i'd come in yeah Uh, oh well so this thing uh, has been uh, an up and down i know it's been uh, difficult for you and your family and um you know i think that um you just need to keep in focus that you're doing god's work because you really are and your slides that i have here you, you were talking about you know, that this is really Satan. We're seeing evil. We're seeing on full display the battle of good versus evil. Yeah. And um, we're seeing the lack of, of of faith in our country and Western civilization as well. And uh, I've been using this l- little sentence lately, and that is that what's happened is, you know, if you remove the the belief that there is a higher power, the only person you can worship is yourself and our society has really gone down this road 
So I have to uh, I have to say thank you as well for for turning this into what it really is, which is this this belief of the battle of good versus evil and Satan's work and Satan's work is on full display. That's for sure. That's that's what is going on. I mean, and it is until you come to grips with it's a spiritual battle, you don't understand the weapons that you need to fight this. And that's what I see happening is that the um, the patriot group or whatever you you know whatever you want to call it, not all of them, but I mean in general, the tools that they're suggesting to fight. Uh, you know, so for example, you know, law, even lawsuits. You know, I'm, we're using the lawsuit as a weapon to fight under the premise that we have responsibility to shed light on evil. And this is a tool that we can uh, get out in the public. So the legal team has encouraged me, get out and share. You know, most legal teams don't want their client out sharing in the news, but they mm -hmm. want me out there because we're trying to shed light on evil, wake people up. Um, but it's waking people up not just to the physical battles. I mean, if people change their belief about hospitals being safe zones, they'll wake up to the physical battle uh, that you need to be prepared for. But the spiritual battle, which I see lacking in most of the um, the ways people are suggesting to fight back, is that they don't acknowledge how we got here. And we got here because of rejecting God. So take the vaccine narrative, for example, Jeff. How did mm -hmm. the vaccine, how did this even happen? Well, this has been going on for over a hundred years, you know, slowly at the beginning. That's how Satan works. Satan's been working on this for 6,000 years. So how did we even buy on to vaccines back then? You know, I had all the childhood diseases, mumps, measles, all that stuff, right? Uh, but right. now, I mean, we can't have, oh my gosh, you know, we can't have a kid ever get sick. And you know, it's this whole fear thing that people have bought into and then you know satan's right there to have the answer for for fear which is security and comfort and so these vaccines fit that narrative and you know when september 11th happened you know satan was right there right so now okay oh my gosh we were attacked i mean it you know right. so if, right. if, if even if you give up your leave, freedom right and so then how do we get out of this well, i mean we got to have the patriot act i mean the right. patriot act was designed against its own citizens which is us um, but we're yeah. we're such suckers for we don't want anything to happen to us in fear that uh, you know if either you trust God God did not give us the spirit of fear or you trust yourself which really is ends up trusting Satan and so then you've got to have all these things to protect you right vaccines right. Uh, we got to have a and government we... and all these things and you know the only way out of this then and 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 you know that's my last uh, comment on my soapbox is that we have to. Repent. So God wants us to acknowledge that we got here because we rejected him. And so the only way out of this is by repentance. And that's unfortunately what I see lacking in uh, all the people who are trying to um, save us. So you look at the presidential candidates. Has any one of them ever talked about the way we got here is rejection of God? And the only way out no. of this is repentance? You know, of course. Not to my knowledge. Yeah. No, not to my knowledge. You know, and and it's just the thing that boggles my mind is where is the common sense? So as we send billions of dollars to Iran, as we send billions of dollars to the Ukraine, you know, we sit and watch our wide open borders where we have those people that attacked us on 9-11, more and more of those people coming through. God only knows the number. We have fentanyl killing 120,000 plus Americans a year, and it's all being done deliberately as well. People know. They know these things. They know what's happening. 
And, you know, where is the common sense to say this is not acceptable? And where is that? It just it seems to be lacking. And when you look at, uh, you know, the the faith crisis basically is what it is. Right. It's got so it, it results in so much evil and being attacked in so many directions that I think people get to the point where they're overwhelmed. But you can't be. You, you can't be. You got to get up and you got to do something about it. Whatever your strengths and abilities are that God has given you, you have to use uh, to try to provide a legacy for future generations. You know, and we have free will, right? So we got we got to we got we got to push back. We got to at least try to get this righted. And um, you know, there's just uh, there's there's so much. There's just so much that you almost got to pick and choose your battles, right? I mean, that's you you can't attack everything. You you can't push back against everything you got to get, choose something you're passionate about and and fight it and obviously you know your cause was laid at your doorstep in a very tragic way and there's not a lot of us out here who have to face what you've had to face and you've just done an amazing job and everything that you're doing and your family is an amazing family and strong strong family strongest family i think i've ever seen and um well, you know, I think you should be you should be uh, recognized for that. All of you should be. There's not many of us are facing what you've gone through, and it's a it's, it's a terrible thing. But uh, hopefully, some good can come of it. Well, I hope so too. You know, there's I just posted the 125th story on Grace's website, Jeff, and you know, there's stories that are worse than ours. Uh, a couple wrote us yesterday. Uh, I just read the letter this morning, and um, you know, you think that you've got a bad situation and then you read somebody else's and it's worse than yours. And, you know, I don't want our family or me to be put up on a pedestal. You know, God's doing it. And, you know, I'm I'm thankful that he is. I am humbled to be used. I, I mean, I can't believe he picked the dummy. Yeah, I'm just a dad. Oh, please. But yeah, yeah. But I just I, I am just a dad. And it just so happens that he made me for a time such as this. I mean, he knew Grace's death would light a fire under my rear end and and let's go, right? I mean, what else are you gonna do? My best buddy's gone. And you know, so you don't want even your worst enemy, Jeff, you don't want to have lose their best buddy. And you know, as it applies to the doctors and nurses. You know, I want them to repent. You know, they could stop this. You know, our goal with the lawsuit is stop the behavior. And, you know, just that right. simple. We're not after the money. Uh, to the extent there is money damages in this situation, we've already said we're not taking the money. It's going to get plowed back into other cases or whatever is the highest priority at the time um, of the victory. But, you know, the uh, to stop the behavior, the doctors and nurses could do this in one second. It's called repentance because repentance then results in an action, which is, okay, they would start speaking out or quit their jobs, whatever. They would stop killing people, you know, so they can stop this faster than any lawsuit. And that's what we're after is stopping the behavior. So what do your attorneys say about the, the defense that, you know, um, we had highlighted in the documentary of I'm just following orders that was used in the past. And what do the, what do the attorneys say about why that will will fail in this case, given the sense of, okay, we had all these emergency, right, emergency conditions and, you know, 
Yeah, that's an interesting, uh, you know, so again, I'll, I'll suggest that God arranged this meeting. So uh, two weeks ago, the lead attorney happened to have dinner with Vera. Vera Sheriff. Wow. <laughs> and uh, so I was talking to him after that, and he didn't know that Vera and I were friends. And, you know, Vera had used the term with him that you need to invoke the Nuremberg Code. And so he he made special note of that. And so him and I talked about it. And I don't know where that, you know, we'll end up doing that if we need to. You know, I don't, I don't know where this goes. You know, we've got... Um, you know, the medical malpractice piece, we have five claims. Medical malpractice is one of the claims, uh, but the common law battery is the main claim. So, you know, invoking the Nuremberg Code, where does that fit? I don't know exactly, but they're they're well aware of it and planning on doing so to the extent that we need to do that because following orders is not an excuse. It never can be used as an excuse. There is a consequence for choice. And if following orders is accepted as an excuse, that means we took away God's law of, of consequence for choice, which is a set effectively what's been done by the medical malpractice statutes. That's why, you know, so you think, well, how did these doctors and nurses even do this? So, you know, there's a continuum. Some of them are like this um, pediatrician that have no clue what's even going on. And some of them are doing it where they think that, you know, killing somebody like Grace is a benefit to society. 90% of Down syndrome people are, are aborted in the womb right now, Jeff, in the United States. So the people who do that are thinking they're doing a service to society. Well, the fact is, is when you take away God's consequence for choice, this is the type of thing you get, right? Because there's no consequences to sin. So when there's no consequences to sin, what's going to happen? You know, an example I used yesterday is, you know, if you have a teenager who just started driving and you give her a 10 o'clock curfew and she gets home at midnight and there's no consequence, what's going to happen next? Yeah, all right. So, I mean, that's, that's what right. that's what yeah. we have going on in the medical profession. There's no consequences. And not only no consequences, they're incentivizing the deaths. Well, let's just say you can say the same thing about, you know, so many different issues. It's if, uh, we're talking about you know, brainwashing our kids and hypersexualization of our children in schools and all that stuff's the same thing, right? I mean, we Vera said it best. I love Vera. She said it best. Uh, she said the only standard is no standard at all. <laughs> that's that, that is the truth in our society today. And that's a sad statement. And that's what we have to... Uh, repent for as you said and get back to get back to living in in god's way and not uh and not a um van not a vanity not a vain way and not a self-serving way that, that's right. um, so you have you have a lot of slides um which our time is almost up already believe it or not um let me just there... pick, let me pick one to give give people a teaser jeff i'm just gonna pull okay. it up on my screen so do you have the slides up I do. Yep. All right. So pull up. Um, I'm going to give you a, sl a specific slide. So what I did, Jeff, this is all I wrote. I did this series. It's called Medical Murders, the Number One Cause of Death by Design. And at this point, I have about twenty five hundred hours of research in. And God gave me this idea that, OK, you better document all this stuff that you've come up with. And so I put it in this series. So it's a seven part series. It goes through who, what, where, why, when, and how, 
just how you would research a project to see, is this hypothesis that medical murder is the number one cause of death by design? Is it true or false? So then after I've proven it to be true with those six steps, those six questions, then part seven is, okay, assuming you've changed your belief, now what? What are you going to do about it? So that's the seven-part series. Uh, it's all on Grace's website. So if you go to ouramazinggrace.net on the left-hand side, on the right-hand side is Breaking the Oath, which you referenced at the beginning. And the right On the left-hand side is uh, this series. And so people can find the entire series there. It's not just my research, but all the PowerPoints. And then I did seven monocasts that are on all the platforms. So if you want to listen to it, you can. I'll just hit a quick slide to give people a perspective as to what's going on. So go to slide number four first, Jeff. Follow the money. Follow the money. So what this slide is showing that is in the fourth quarter of 2021, the family practitioners were incentivized by Blue Cross Blue Shield to kill their patients with the bioweapon. Now, the, the reason I bring up fourth quarter of 2021 is the bioweapon was already exposed as such by Brooke Jackson's false claims lawsuit in January of 21. In May of 21, the government already admitted that the bioweapon causes myocarditis. And Grace died in the fourth quarter of 2021, which is the quarter that had the most hospital murders. And they were incentivizing this jab to boot. So they, they had fear was at the all-time high. And now they put this incentive program in place. So if doctors could convince 75% of their patients to get the jab, they would receive a $296,000 bonus courtesy of Blue Cross Blue Shield. And this is hard to, for people to grasp. But I share it because I want people to wake up. You've got to wake up that this whole system is designed to kill you. Then I'll just do one more quick one, Jeff. Go to slide 11. And that's enough of a teaser. So this came, this came to me. A lady sent this to me in August, Jeff. And this is from Ascension Hospital System. But realize, remember I said earlier about the rule of law doesn't apply anymore? So now here we have a hospital system. This is our local hospital system, Ascension. They unilaterally implement a program that says once your child is 12, you as a parent no longer have any access whatsoever to the child's records. The child is an adult for their records purposes. The only way you can get access is if the child gives you proxy access. And that proxy access has severe limitations, which are in, listed in the bottom right-hand corner, highlighted in yellow. yellow and you there, can't yeah. make this stuff up. Well, I'll, I, we don't have time now, but I'll, I'll tell you about my last two visits with, with my youngest daughter, with her doctor, and the hostility that he exhibited. And um, it's just amazing that uh, doctors are actually pitted against parents these days. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's all the time we have, Scott, but I'd love to have you back. And um, I know you're incredibly busy, but when you have an update uh, as we go along here, please uh, let me know because we'll certainly... We'll certainly spend some time on it. And if I can do anything in the meantime, let me know as well. Thanks a lot, Jeff. This has really been great. You, you're right. You guys, I could talk for hours. This is, this is really good. Yeah, we really could. And uh, it's sad. You know, I mean, I'd rather talk about good things, but hopefully we have we have that day coming soon. So thanks again, Scott. It's been a real blessing to know you and to know your family. Um, we'll have to keep in touch a little more regularly. I have been thinking about you a lot but then i get busy doing something and I, i'm getting older and older and forgetting things more and more <laughs> how do so, you know yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs>
exactly right. Oh, I don't know. It's every day is uh, every day is new and interesting. That's all I'll put it. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Well, right. Great well, seeing thanks. you, Jeff. Thank you. You too. Thanks so much. All right, bye. <laughs> bye. All right, that's the time we have for today. I really encourage you to go to ouramazinggrace.net and check out those awesome materials that Scott was referring to today. Um, I took a look through the slides, and man, there is a ton of work done for for you. And uh, it's really fascinating stuff. Uh, unfortunate that we have to be in this situation, but um, you'll be well armed if you if you look at that. So uh, 